We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, you got to file to give, you know, like, but there's there's time. So we knew, like, the, the thing is don't give up the three. That was the, the big thing. And the initial part was good, but there was flow to the game because of their situation with the timeouts. So they're coming up, and the initial part was was handled well. Then the ball shot, and Kwai, I believe, tipped it. And there was a scramble, and then a kick out, and then uh, a swing to the weak side. So... Correct defense. What's going on, correct defense? I don't understand why our best player is inbounding the ball so Randall can make decisions late in the game, make it make sense. Um, Just because your best player is inbounding the ball doesn't mean you can't get it back. One, the guy you're inbounding the ball to is an all-star. <laughs> should, should be noted. Two, number three, I think Randall let Brunson have the ball down the stretch. Make make decisions in regulation. Um, I know Randall had a turnover in overtime, uh, but so did Brunson have a turnover in overtime. And I didn't think one was particularly worse than the other. There was also the Hardenstein turnover trying to get the ball to Randall, but like, I don't know. I maybe I'm 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 surely forgetting an obvious play that was a that was a an issue, but like, Brunson's your best passer. So sometimes when your best player is your best passer, you're you're gonna want to you're gonna want to use that player to inbound the ball. Uh, I don't I don't have an issue with it. Thanks, correct defense, Duran Visual Variant. Thank you, Duran, for um, chiming in. LOL. With all these creative losses, would we have the best record in the league? <laughs> Hashtag fifty three wins. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. I mean, we could go through them, right? Uh, so the number that we could look. What's their record right now? I don't even know. I'll look it up. What their record is? Their record is 28 and 26. So if we give them, if we give them this game, the Clipper game, the Laker game. Want to give them the Brooklyn game too? Fuck it. We're having some fun. We'll give them the Brooklyn game, right? The Toronto game on New Year, uh, January 6th. No, sorry. The Toronto, the first, the Toronto game that RJ dunked at the end. Give them that. That's four. 
Let's do the Dallas game. Second Dallas game. That's five. The Chicago game with the two missed free throws. That's six. Um, and then you want to throw one of the Milwaukee or one of the Memphis games in there too, to make it an easy seven. So if they have seven more wins, they are a uh, 35 win team, which would make them a 35 win team. And that would be pretty good. (laughs) Then we might actually be getting to 53 wins. 35 win team would have them with the fourth best record in the league. But like, look, you're going to lose some of those. Have we lost every one of them? I don't think we've lost every one of them. There were some games that we definitely could have lost that we won, but like we've lost more than we should have. I think the record should probably be about three games higher. And if they have three more wins right now, then, you know, what are they? They're in, you know, they're, they're competing for fifth, but they're still probably sixth. And right now they're seventh. Thanks to Ron. Maple Maxo. What's going on, Maple Maxo? Shout out to GMXC on the pregame pods. Uh, dude has been crushing it. Respect the hustle. Give that man a raise. GMAC, give yourself a raise. I've been, I love the pregame pods. I've been enjoying them more and more. The one today with the, uh, what is it? Clips and dip. Was that the, was that the name of the pod? The guy was from, I forget that the, his guest's name, but I thought it was really, really, really good conversation. Um, and it was great. I, what I love most about the pregame pods that Andrew's doing is I feel like I get really, really good perspective because the people that he's finding are not like, they're not Homer fans. They're not overly negative. They're like right down the middle and they give you a really clear picture of how, how like the season is going and what are the vibes and what are the team is the team good at? What is the team not good at? And in a season like this, that perspective is really necessary because so many times it can feel like, Oh my God, we're the only team that has, you know, these issues with the coach and these issues with the roster and these issues and that issue, you know, everybody's having the same issues. Everybody. Yeah. This was a good pod. Thanks. Maple Maxo. Hamdy M. No more French pastries for me, John, (laughs) man. I, I love croissants too. I might go get myself a croissant tomorrow morning. You got me thinking about it now. Huge croissant guy. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. A.E. Kennedy. Not going to lose it, but come on, man. Always something. Yeah. It's one of those years. It's a year. Hey, look at it this way. It's a year we'll never forget. Think about how many years, like utterly forgettable years that they've had. Over the last 20 plus years, you know, they've even had, they, I mean, even when they were good, they had some forgettable years, like, um, like the 95, 96 team. That team was a little forgettable. If we're being honest, the 95, 96 team, um, the 94, 95 team coming off the finals run. That was a little Eh, maybe not forgettable, but they were, you know, eh, whatever. They just were what they were. The 99-2000 team that went to the conference finals, like, were they the most memorable team in the world? I don't know. 
We're not going to forget this team or this year. That's for shit. Sure. Crazy. Thanks. A.E. Kennedy, Robert Cross. It's your boy, John. I want to keep Deuce McBride around. So I had a thought, uh, Robert, thank you for reminding me during this game as I was watching. I'm like, man, like I, Deuce isn't going anywhere. They're not going to trade him. But watching him make threes and a bad job by me, I should have shouted him out earlier. And he's, he's making shots the last couple of games, improving, driving, putting the ball on the floor, not looking scared on offense. He's making it tough for them to like go and, you know, make their trade from Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt and say, all right, Deuce, your, your time here is done in terms of rotation minutes this season. I think, um, who was I talking to? I was, I was in, oh, shout out to the newsletter. KF Knicks Film School newsletter. Everybody go subscribe. Um, but we've, we've been really having some great conversations in the, um, in the chat feature now that Substack has. And we were talking about what the rotation would look like with, uh, you know, if they made the trade for Beasley and Vanderbilt. And so I think somebody suggested like, it would be like a 9.5 man rotation, maybe with uh, Deuce McBride playing minutes in the first half and not maybe always playing minutes in the second half. I could see something like that. Um, and then if he's having a good game, give minutes in the second half, I could see something like that, but that dude, I'm, He's another guy. I've wavered on him. I'm like, eh, I don't know. The offense is too bad. I don't think he's an NBA player. He's coming around. He's coming around. Good stuff, Robert. <clears throat> MDM, co-signed GMACs, pregame shows. Nice job. I love when Andrew gets his love. He's not on tonight, by the way. Justin's on. Andrew has a night off. I like I like when Andrew gets the weekends, the weekends to himself because he works his ass off during the week, let me tell you. <laughs> Thanks, Hamdi. Ant C. RJ has a mid 30 point game and can't even be consistent with that. I'm sick of watching RJ brick. Too bad Toronto won't want him. Mm, that's harsh. That's harsh. I'm reading that comment. I'm like, man, that's a harsh comment. And like, if you're an RJ stand and you hear that comment, it probably makes you really mad. That's how I feel when I get the Tibbs criticism, which I, I why I try to compose myself. So I want to try to be fair. I think that's unfair. I'm going to push back on that. Um, I don't think uh, uh, Toronto's dying to get RJ, but like, <sighs> there's enough good there with RJ, and I think a big part of the frustration. A really big part of the frustration comes from the fact that this player was drafted third overall, was has been touted as the face of the franchise. And yeah, I think the Donovan Mitchell stuff matters. I think the fact that people feel like, even though it was not just RJ, it was RJ and a ton of picks, and maybe another young player. Like people feel like, oh, we kept this guy instead of going to get Donovan Mitchell. <clears throat> I think if RJ Barrett was drafted like seventh or eighth or ninth, and he had progressed exactly as he's progressing, as opposed to being the one that was promised from the moment he got drafted, I bet you now 
by the same token, there wouldn't have been all the love and support for him from the outset and people so going over and above to look past the negatives and be like, nope, he's a worker. He cares so much. He's all about the right things. He's going to be great. I think there would have been a lot less of that. Now, maybe it would have been good for him because he hears all this stuff. Maybe it would have been good for him if there was a little bit less of that. And the reason I say that is because in most, maybe not most drafts, but in a lot of drafts, he would have been like the seventh or the eighth or the ninth pick. Like the, I'm thinking of the Kaminga draft, which was the big top five or what was supposed to be the top five, except uh, what's his face? Suggs fell to six because Barnes went or no, sorry. It was, I'm mis- it was supposed to be the top four, but Barnes went ahead of Suggs and then was Giddy and then was Kaminga and then was Franz. I actually wonder if RJ would have gone ahead of Franz. RJ might have been RJ might have been the ninth pick in that draft. Um, but like, that's a perfect example. Like, if if RJ Barrett were sitting here talking about the ninth pick in the draft, I don't think he would have been built up in the way he was built up for so many people. And I'm not saying that that's where your angst is coming from, but I I do I have to think that that factors into the the kind of emotional cycle that, that it has been, because again, he's gotten better this year offensively. He's gotten better shooting wise and in some other ways. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I'll defend RJ. <laughs> Dom Gabacchini, almost three, and know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Brunson came out. Like I thought he would free throws, man, free throws. What do we go? How many free throws did we miss tonight? Um, <clears throat> too many. I'm sure the Knicks tonight from the line were, I mean, I can think of some free throws that come to mind. 20, 26 shot 77% from the line. Hardenstein missed one. Barrett missed one. Brunson missed two. Randall missed two. I mean, I not going to kill him for that, but yeah, it'd be nice to make all of them or most of them. More of them. Busy. What's going on, my man? Uh, is it fair and reasonable to say that Julius Randle is a better perimeter defender than RJ? This is a great question, Busy. If so, can we get OB minutes at the three like Tommy P suggested? Shout out to Julius Randle for the fourth quarter defense on Kawhi Leonard. When he wants to be. When he wants to be, it's not cl- like th- I, I, I don't want to be unfair here. So I'm going to literally do my thought process out loud, which is what I do for most things. What is the best? What's the best defense we've seen from RJ? It was, it was during the we here year, right? Were there ever games where we saw him placed on an opposing wing and like shut them down? No, I, I don't. I mean, not great that we've never seen that from Randall either. But like, I don't know. RJ has been better defensively in his career, but I don't ever remember watching a game and coming out of the game being like, man, RJ, his lockdown defense there for that five-minute stretch or that 10-minute stretch or that quarter was the difference in that game or was as big a difference. I don't, I don't remember. Maybe I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting but I don't remember too many of those instances and his defense has regressed since then. Now, Randall talking about Randall's defense. I mean, my Lord, what a loaded conversations because we've seen entire games, entire, entire weeks. 
entire months last season <laughs> where he just didn't play defense. But no, when he locks in, he's he's really good. You know? Um yeah, I, I don't know. In terms of OB at the three, I, I think you're the the issue there is then you're you're talking about Obi's defense. And I have questions about Obi's ability to defend opposing wings. Like Obi's ability to defend this team, this team where everybody can shoot it, except Zubach. Everybody else they put on the floor can shoot it. So you got to play up on them, which makes them so challenging to guard because not only can everybody on this team shoot it, everybody can put the ball on the floor. There is not a single player that cannot put the ball on the floor, whether it's Mook, Batum, Man, they love man for good reason. Reggie Jackson, when he's got minutes, obviously Reggie Jackson put the ball on the floor. He's a point guard. Kennard, when he plays, he, I mean, he's not, he didn't even play tonight. He could put the ball on the floor. I'm trying to think who I'm forgetting. Oh, fuck, Norm Powell. That dude, I mean, he might win six man of the year if they actually put their shit together this season, Norm Powell. Um, skilled shot maker. Like, the, now, Something's going on outside my apartment. Um, now, when those guys put the ball on the floor, they don't always make the best decisions. And I think that's fair. But like Obi, we've seen him struggle to guard in space. You know, that's not, I don't think I'm being unfair there. So so the the thought process of like putting Obi at the three, I think it could work against some teams. I don't know if tonight was the night I would have done that. Tonight's the night that I would have went with Randall and Obi at the f- four and the five. Um, when Zubach was off the floor, that's I think the more valid criticism. But that's for that's just me. Thanks, busy. For over thirty years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award regardless of the severity of your injury and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Paul Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212 212- Three six 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 one zero zero. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam L. It's wacky to me how fixated the vocal minority of the fan base is on Tibbs. You're talking to the wrong person. The team is overperforming with a young roster with flexibility and room for growth. It's the nature of Tibbs. He pisses a lot of people off. Um, but I'll probably save my larger thoughts until the day that he loses his job, because I think there's more to it than that. And I think it, it has to do not even as much with, I think Tibbs gets a lot of more shit than most NBA coaches because he's very rigid. And I think that in particular rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And Nobody like, again, if you're a fan of a team, it's not your job to sit there and be like, well, we, we must be fair. We must, we must take every argument. We must take every criticism to its logical conclusion to make sure it is valid. Nobody wants to fucking do that. I'm the only asshole who sits here and goes through that exercise because I'm a lawyer. I'm always going to be a lawyer. That's how my mind works. And I guarantee you, there are a lot of lawyers watching this be like, Hey, fuck you, buddy. I'm not in that boat. Good for you. But like, the combination of me having that that's how my mind works. And I talk about this team and I write about this team so much, I'm always going to play it out. And when I play it out, I'm like, okay, well let's think about some of the reasons why he may be inflexible. And let's think about some of the reasons why he is so set in his ways and some of the possible benefits that he feels like he derives from that, that we may not see, or we may not be cognizant of. Or some of the things that maybe we are seeing, we just don't realize we're seeing because, you know, we're not behind the scenes every day. Nobody wants to do that. They just see a stubborn old man, (laughs) you know? Um, But I really, I do think it's most coaches. I think most coaches get that treatment. You know, it's the reason I think it's a shame though. And part of this is, and it factors into the tips thing because the, because they've had so so many tough losses this year, it has made the season, which should be a really good feel good season. I think tough for a lot of people to enjoy, um, you know, and that's a shame because it's, they're a fun team. They're a good team and they are young and they're like doing it the right way, I think. But yeah. yeah. Thanks, Sam. Ham DM with another one. You're right. As always, I did like the fight in the fourth quarter. I'm not right. I'm never right. I do like this team. I like their toughness and they give effort. 
Thanks, Andy. <clears throat> I agree. Dom Cappuccini. I'm still proud of this team's fight. There we go. Another one. Two good, positive comments in a row. Surprise all of us tomorrow, please. And Leon, give us a nice surprise on Thursday, too. I feel like if they... I, I, have, a, <laughs> I have a very, very strong feeling that whatever trade they make, people are not going to like. That's my gut feeling. Um, even if it's just Cam, which... Yeah, even if it's just Cam. Um, I, asking them to, to beat Philly tomorrow, that's a tall ask. And that's why the this game kills you and the Laker game kills you because those are right there. And like, I know we, we were talking about this team always fights. If they go out there tomorrow and they just don't have it, like, I, I'll... I'll, I'll, not that I'll give him a pass, but like you understand it. Who knows though? We'll see. Thanks, Tom. Dan Hidalgo, what's going on, Dan? We were outplayed. Let's be honest. Would have been highway robbery to steal that one of regulation. I knew it was going to overtime when the Clips got the board. Um, yeah, I mean because the Clippers are a better team. You know, the Clippers. I think all you need to do is look at their record with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I think they, they flashed it tonight. I think they're, I mean, they, if they, you know, if you extrapolate that record out over the entire season, they'd be, you know, two in the West or three in the West or something. And they'd be viewed as a contender. It's the games that Paul George and Kawhi have either both sat out or one of them have sat out that has them with the record that they have. But like that team is fucking nasty. They really are. That's I, they, the, the point guard thing is a major fucking issue. It is a major issue. And it's a major issue. But that team is good, man. And when they're hitting shots like they were tonight, I mean, didn't Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard both go for 30? And an efficient 32. Nasty team. Thanks, Dan. Uh, A.B. Lovisky. Hey, KFS fam. I'm a newbie Knicks fan compared to the vast majority. Well, welcome aboard and thank you for joining us on this post game. Started watching the Knicks and Knicks Film School December 21st, courtesy of my boyfriend. Oh, I'm going to have a comment about that. <clears throat> Tonight, I was given the gift of a lifetime tickets to see the Knicks at MSG. So, one, I'm so happy that you feel like seeing the Knicks play at MSG tonight and getting your heart broken at the end of the night was the gift of a lifetime. That's awesome. Two, we need to have a long conversation with your boyfriend that like we, we, all of us, most of us, this sickness, we, you know, it was like Im imbibed, imbued in us from our, from our parents from an older sibling, maybe that thought that didn't, you know, maybe it's like, Oh, I have a son. I have a daughter. Something for us to do together. Like you could forgive that. You could forgive that to, to do this to someone that you care about as like a grown person. I'm assuming you're, you know, on the older side or at least like not a child. Cause it would be weird if you were a child and you had a boyfriend. Um, anyway, Leave that one. Uh, yeah. So, like, tell your boyfriend that Jonathan Macri said, 
how dare you bring me into this this living hell that we wouldn't trade for anything to be clear but yes glad you had a good time with the game Mike Jameson, what's going on, Mike? I know there will be RJ Slander, but I respect how no matter how he's playing, he stays the same. There's there's two sides to that coin, though, right? Um, there's two sides to that coin. Late game offense running through Julius can't continue. Um, again, maybe I'm missing something on this one. I thought the late game in regulation, the offense ran through Brunson. The, the, to me, the biggest issue was after Brunson got going in the third quarter, it seemed like they turned the game over to Randall and that didn't go so well. That's the bigger issue that I had. I know we haven't talked at all about the first three quarters of this game by and large, but that's the bigger issue that I had. And then Julius um, thought he should have gotten a foul call. Then he thought he should have gotten another foul call. And then it got in his head and it affected it affected his play. And that that's that was that period of time was my bigger issue in this game. Um, again, the overtime, I'm like, I, 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 when, when, when you get to overtime like that, I, it's tough for me to criticize just cause that's, it's just, I mean, your heart, you're, you're emotionally just sapped, but that's me. That's me. But I agree with you for what it's worth. Um, anyway, uh, who do we got now? Oh, AB with another one. Abby. Abby. AB. I hope I did Abby. Your wisdom is immeasurable. <laughs> this can't be a real person. Yeah, who paid who paid you, Abby? Yet so accessible and has infinitely grown my love for this team. Um, hashtag trade nobody. Hashtag I miss Mitch. Hashtag 82 wins. Hashtag LOL nuts. Hashtag Jalen Snubson. Oh, I like Jalen Snubson. I like Jalen Snubson. That's good. Jalen Snubson. Also, it just occurred to me, you said December 21st was your first nickname. What was that game? That was the Toronto game. Okay. That they lost. They lost that game. That was after the Golden State game that they won. They lost that Toronto game. So your first game was lost and you fell in love with the team, huh? That you watched, I think. Um, thank you for the kind words that again, this is probably a, an inside joke. I'm going to take the compliments, even though my wisdom is quite measurable and you don't need a long fucking ruler to measure it. Thanks, Abby. Greg film stuff. What's up, Greg? New York was in position to win tonight and I can't be mad at it. Had the game if we could have collected the rebound that led to Batum's three, even though I think iHeart could have closed out better. Well, me and you saw the same thing there. This kind of effort can attract stars. Greg Filmstuff, um, I don't thank you enough because you always give like really generous contributions and that's very meaningful. So thank you. Uh, that's number one. Number two, it's so funny because like we, <clears throat> excuse me. The tanking season, 2018-19, right? We thought we were going about it the right way. And maybe they were going about it the right way. Whatever. But the, the, the conversation after that year was purely, purely after that, after June 30th, I should specify, we have to do it 
like the Clippers and the Nets did it, right? We have to do it like they did it. It's not enough to be a big market. <coughs> Sorry, I just turned on the Hawks game because I need something to make me happy tonight. And uh, the Hawks are losing to Denver, and I just want to see them lose. So we stay in seventh place. Anyway, um, because we thought that if we turned it around and we became a respectable franchise, stars would want to come here. It's funny that we don't even have that conversation anymore, which I don't think that's a good thing. I think we should still be having the same conversation. That is an important conversation to have. And I think maybe the reason that we don't have the conversation anymore is because for a couple of reasons, one free agencies died in the last, like since 2018 free agencies dead. And, it, and there's a question as to whether it's ever going to be coming back. That's number one. Number two, we were this feisty feel good story two years ago and there was nobody to sign and there was nobody to trade for. So then they went out and spent money on Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker and brought back the whole core. And then it just kind of went to shit last year. So it was like, all right, you did that and it didn't really work because you couldn't take another step up. I don't think it's a conversation we, we should forget about though. You know, and like, okay, free agency's dead. Now it comes down to stars wanting to go there via trade. And then, oh yeah, how could I forget this? The third part of why we don't talk about it anymore, because a star wanted to come here. <laughs> he was thrilled to come here. He would have walked here from Utah. But it wasn't the time. It wasn't the move, you know? So like, I think for all those reasons why that's, I think why we don't talk about it as much anymore. I still say, I agree with you. I think we should talk about it. I think it matters. Um, so yeah, let's hope it pays off. Forgotten NYC minority take, but I love the proposed jazz trade. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And I think if you hate, if you're someone that's sitting here and you hate it, I can think of a few reasons why you'd hate it. Um, I would imagine the reason most people would hate it is because of Obi Toppin going out in the trade. And that requires a longer conversation. And if you hate it because you have Obi Toppin going out in the trade, I'm not saying that that's not valid. That is completely valid, but there's just a much longer conversation that needs to happen with like how this organization has been run since Leon Rose took over, you know, I, 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 I think I'm legally mandated to to do this because I do it probably once a month, but like they were 20 games or 25 games into the 2019 or 2020-21 season. <clears throat> Randall was bawling his brains out. Um, would go on to make the all-star team and all NBA and get MVP votes. They had just drafted Obi Toppin. I don't know what you could have gotten for Randall, but you could have gotten something especially with the team option the next year. They had his replacement right there. They just, they just drafted him. They just drafted him. And they said, nope. This guy's leading us to wins. We want to, we like the wins. Let's, let's get those wins. That's what they decided to do. And look, it may pay off. But to anyone who's going to sit and be like, it, the trading will be topping for this package or including him in this package is a disaster. Um, it all comes back to me, at least to their decision to 
you know, th- th- their priorities. That's all. Thanks for gun. Fritz Marty Jr. Thank you. Fritz Marty Jr. for the very generous contribution as well. The Knicks are the 10th rated team in the league. <laughs> they are. You sound like me. Let the, let the building people relax people and let the building process happen and stop nitpicking our team. Y'all delusional as hell. Where were we four years ago? Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk about how hard it is to build a team in the NBA when you come from nothing. <clears throat> and they came from nothing. Um, it is hard and it is messy and it's often going to leave people angry because when people get a taste of success, they want more success. They don't want to go backwards. And it's frustrating because improving as a team, you like, you don't want, it's like, it's not like a stairway. I don't think where you like, okay, we've advanced to the next step. Now, any of the issues that we had or any of the problems that we had, the previous step are gone and they don't exist anymore. You're all, you would like to think that you're always advancing and you're always improving and you're always getting better and you are and you are progressing towards a goal. But the notion that like you can eliminate messiness along the way has never been something that I bought into. And again, I think your best proof of that is just turn on literally NBA, any NBA game on any given night. You know, um, I'm like, again, I just said, I watching the Hawks, the Hawks. It's so funny. I was listening to, I forget what podcast I think it may have been the, might've been the hoop collective, or maybe I was, I did tune into the Simmons fake trade draft thing. Cause I was doing some chores earlier and I ran out of stuff to listen to, but like somebody was like, who are the Hawks going to, like the Hawks are kind of set at every position, right? Like the guy they want to get rid of is John Collins, but like, you know, John Collins is a pretty good basketball player. Now, sure, if you could swap John, John Collins out for Kawhi Leonard or something, you'd love to do that. But like that's, you know, that's not realistic. Like the Hawks built themselves a really good team on paper. All-star point guard, another all-star point guard. Clint Capella, guy in the defensive player of the year conversation, or at least at the very least, all defense conversation for at center. You know, DeAndre Hunter signed him to a $90 million deal. He's been okay. Uh, Collins is like not nearly as bad as people seem to think. They have good players off the bench. They've gotten nice production from uh, the Griffin kid who uh, people wanted us to draft, like all this stuff. And you look at their year and their year is a freaky mess. Look at the Clippers. Look at the Warriors. Look at the Lakers. Look at the, and we could go on and on and on and on and on. All these list of teams. It's hard. It's hard. It's messy. And oftentimes it makes you feel like you're going backwards instead of forwards. I don't know. I wish I had a better answer. And I I understand I coming off like an apologist, but like, it's just, this is what I see. You know, this is what I see. Thanks Fritz. <laughs> 